This is the Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest, a free-for-all forum with faith community leaders wrestling over the truth. In less than one half hour, learn more about what really matters than what most others learn in a week. The Faith Debate is on the World Wide Web at WFMD.com, keyword faith. Are you ready for the clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? Let's get ready to rumble in this corner, weighing in with a master of divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the Faith Debate Master of Ceremonies, (laughs) Troy Skinner. Good morning. It's tax season. Since they say all you can be sure of is death and taxes, and this is not a financial advice show, let me ask you this. What is the state of the dead? Death affects us all. It's true if we've lost a loved one to the Grim Reaper. It's true even if we haven't. So what is our eternal destiny? What happens to us when we die? Today's panel has all the answers. (laughs) Morgan Kokenauer is lead pastor at Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church. Jonathan Schweitzer, he's been a man of many hats, including past president of Frederick's Evangelical Ministerial Fellowship uh, and co-founder of this show. You know, this week... I don't know if we're going to have time, but I'm hoping we have some time to maybe get around to defining a few terms, splitting some hairs. For example, you know, what's the difference between immortal souls and eternal souls? Is there a difference? How is immortality or eternality for God different or and or the same as our immortality or eternality? Uh, these are the kinds of philosophical questions with which we like to grapple on the faith debate. You can visit us online at WFMD.com, keyword faith. We've been talking about... Um, well, this is our third show. Oh, by the way, you want to say, I'll let the pastors do it. Today, no fooling. Today's a special day. Yeah, so uh, he is risen. Yes. He is risen indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so um, joyous Resurrection Sunday to all of you. Yeah, very exciting. That's what it is, Resurrection Sunday. None it. of this Easter nonsense. Yeah. Pagan name for a Christian holiday. What's the matter with us? What were we thinking? <laughs> That's a different show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You hate those pagan names. No, pagan names for Christian holidays, those should be put to death, let me tell you. <laughs> so, uh, we, we were talking, uh, in the very first show we did together a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, immortality and whether the human soul is immortal or not. Yeah. Jonathan said he thinks so. Yeah. Uh, Morgan said, no, I don't think so. The, um, last week, we started talking more about uh, death and what that means. You're we trying to understand the, a difference between physical, biological death and, uh, and spiritual death and how that relates to soul death. We talked about uh, you know, sleep being uh, what is meant by death. Um, so I'm going to pick up that we, and we, and we talked about some verses in Ecclesiastes. I've got a few that uh, I might toss out, but I want to, as a clarifying question, um, for a, how is it different for a, I think I might ask this in week one, but I don't think we ever got an answer. How is it different for the believer in Christ and the non-believer in Christ? Um, does the believer in Christ, when they die, pass into a complete unknowing state of sleep where they're oblivious and unconscious to anything? Uh, and that's also true for those who are not believers in Christ? Or is it, diff- or is it a different experience for one to the other? For example, let's say that somebody's a non-believer and they pass from this physical existence into what we recognize typically as death. The soul sleep idea would mean that they, the dead know nothing, they're totally oblivious, 
And so they die, and the next thing they know, depending on your eschatology, there's your $12 word of the week. <laughs> At the end of all things, you know, when everything comes to its conclusion, whatever that means, they, from their point of view, they went from they were alive in this world to now they cease to exist. Like, they have no conscious uh, acknowledgement at all of having been punished by God. Is that a fair assessment of what a Seventh-day Adventist position would be? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I didn't understand it correctly. I wasn't sure that I did. Um, Meaning that it's an immediate Well, no, I think you're saying that exist. they sleep too, but when they're awakened, they're immediately um, they're, they're awakened ended. To, to lose right? their... So... so- I'll try to help. I'll try to explain this. When when um, when Adam and Eve when Adam and Eve sin, death came into the picture. Physical like things. So we have a life cycle now. Before sin, there is no life cycle. There is no end. Plants grow, and so. But once sin comes into the picture, death comes in. So death to flowers, death to trees. There's there's a life cycle. There's a beginning. There's an end now. So for me, let's let's say I'm I'm a pagan, and let's say John, he's the Christian. We all, because of sin, taking on uh, uh, deteriorating bodies, we go, we both are going to die. At the end of the day, we both are going to die. Regardless of what we believe, whether you die in a car crash or of cancer, we're both going to die. Eternally, one of us is going to either be resurrected at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because we believe in a resurrection. We believe that Jesus Christ overcame the grave. And so because he's overcome the grave, by believing in Jesus, we can overcome sin and death as well. Now, if I don't believe in Jesus, I have not overcome the grave. So therefore, it's not a matter of Jesus dying so I don't have to die at all as much as, no, when you believe in Jesus, all of us still return to the dust. Ecclesiastes says that, that we were brought from the dust, we return to the dust. But ultimately, because Jesus Christ overcome the grave, we can now be a part of the resurrection. And we do believe in a resurrection. The Bible is very clear. Just as Lazarus was resurrected, just as Jesus was resurrected, we too are going to be resurrected who believe in Jesus Christ when he comes again. And so then your point there is that that those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, they're going to sleep until the moment of judgment. Mm-hmm. And at the moment of judgment, they're not going to awaken, but they're just going to... No, no, they will awaken. They'll and, awaken and, for the judgment and they'll stand before the beam of seat and then they'll cease to exist. Mm-hmm. And so there's no torment. The, 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 we, we believe that death is an unconscious state. Just like when you go to sleep at night, you wake up. And so you're you not refer often to the, to the Ecclesiastes passage. And um, I, I don't think, know if these are the verses. I, I these think are this a few. is a key distinction Please. between us because um, uh, I would say that, that the Ecclesiastes passage is very important uh, for understanding what Solomon did and did not know, right? And Solomon is very clear in that passage that we don't know if after death man rises, you know, and the animal, you know, doesn't like, like he's saying that, that we don't know because we haven't been there, right? He's been through the use of reason. Basically, he's basically Ecclesiastes says, look, look, you can't by studying anything in life outside of the revelation of God, understand the purpose for life. Ultimately, he's, he's, uh, he's telling Thomas Aquinas uh, that you're wrong, that, that you can't figure out um, the purpose of life by studying life, that the only way that you can figure that out is by God. And so in this passage where he's talking about death, my impression is not that he's saying by anything 
that that goes to the to the question of revelation. In fact, he's saying that that we don't know outside of revelation whether man goes up or goes down. But that the consistency of the book is that 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 by reason we have no way of knowing whether whether a man uh, does anything different from what the animals do. Well, that that it's meaningless outside of some kind of revelation that's coming from God. So it says, "Fear God and obey the commandments." Right. That's that's the the end of of the story. And so the distinction here is that you're reading this passage and you're saying that this is a that this is a revelation into what what uh, the the actual state of death. Now it looks like Morgan might actually have the passage, and open, I'm in a right? different yeah. place because you're alluding to it, but I'm not sure that yeah, which passage. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses nineteen and twenty, I'll just jump. It's, it's verse nineteen. It starts there, but in verse twenty, it says, "All go to the same place," referring to animals and man, mm-hmm. the humankind. We all go to the same place. All came from the dust, and all return to the dust. So death is an undoing of God giving life. Okay, verse eighteen, right before mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and and he says this all through here, which I feel like is key to understanding. Mm-hmm. What Ecclesiastes is presenting mm-hmm. to us, to ourselves, to mm-hmm. us, he says something actually that Paul said at one point. Paul said, "This is not God's command. This is what I think about the mm-hmm. issue." Well, Solomon says again and again, "I thought." Mm-hmm. Right. His point is that by his own reason, in verse eighteen, I also thought this is what God does. Mm-hmm. He's using his reason. It's profound. It's better than Socrates and Plato. It's very rational. But he is not saying God says. He's, he's, he's very clearly saying, I thought, and, and what I came to find out by doing all my thinking is that you cannot arrive at any purpose for life or for anything just by thinking, by thinking about pleasure, by, by thinking about death, by thinking about anything. Everything is meaningless except for knowing God. And I'm glad that he said that because there's a whole lot of times that I start thinking to myself mm-hmm. that my job is really the most important thing in life or my kids are the most important thing in life. But he helped me to see that all this is meaningless. And, and Paul finishes that phrase that it's all rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ and being found in him, right? Mm-hmm. So Paul finishes what, what, so, what Solomon started, but I don't get the impression that Solomon is claiming that this is absolute truth. He's saying my reason got me this far and that's all we know according to reason. And so, so I'm very un- uncomfortable using that verse mm-hmm. as my crux verse to define what is death and what is not. Well, I'm not using it as my crux verse. Uh, for me, the crux all goes back to creation. I mean, for, that is the tra- Genesis sets the trajectory for everything. Yeah. So when God creates life, I mean, he creates it out of nothing. Yeah. I mean, the guy can speak. Yeah. And life comes into existence. Yeah, yeah. So, but, Amazing. But, un, un, uh, but the fundamental question is, God is the source of all living things. Yeah, hallelujah. First Timothy, or I think first or second Timothy says, only God is immortal. Yeah. The only immortal God. So then to say that there is immortality apart from God means the devil's right. You're not going to die if you eat this fruit. You're not going to die. You can live and eat this fruit. So the fundamental question comes into being is, can I have consciousness and live and experience living things and not be connected to Jesus? Yeah, and I'm still stuck depends, in on, on the question of what dying Yeah, by the way, for the there, record, so. I, I would have the same I would, I do have the same uh, opinion of the uh, the parable about uh, you know Lazarus and yeah, uh, yeah. not wanting to make too much of that. Although it's an interesting part of the arsenal, yeah. and the same with Ecclesiastes. I wouldn't want to make too much of Ecclesiastes, sure, okay. sure. Uh, because I don't think that's what Ecclesiastes is attempting to 
tell us. Yeah. Uh, it's written from an, a, a, a earthbound perspective and it's showing us the limitations of that earthbound perspective. Yeah, I'm so grateful for it. Telling us that we need to therefore have a heavenly perspective that yeah. does make sense of all of these things. That's right. that are otherwise mere vanity. So to try to press that too far, uh, I think you lose the point and you're making it, I think it, you run the risk of making an opposite point than the author intended to make. So I, it's, it's interesting. Those are the two parts of the Bible we've spent the most time on so Precisely, far. which is why I think having different opinions about this is not central to salvation. You know, like, like you know, believe, solid believing Christians could disagree on this and still right. bless each other. So anyway, by the way, that's Jonathan Schweitzer. Uh, the other voice you're hearing on the panel today is Morgan Kokenhauer, and, and I am Troy Skinner, and um, this is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. I almost gave an old radio station I worked at 20 years ago. That was bizarre. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> uh, but we haven't talked about some of the more uh, uh, direct argument style passages mm. of the Bible. They're not parable. They're not some sort of uh, high literature kind of thing. It's a uh, I'm, I'm here to didactically tell you what to think about things. And so I grapple with something that we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 6, 7, and 8 if you're reading at home. Uh, Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say. And, and here's the key part prefer rather to be absent from the body and be at home with the Lord. Well, he wanted to be – it seems to me he's arguing that, hey, being dead might be a good thing because I'm going to then be present with the Lord. I'd rather – but if you're just sleeping, what's the advantage to that? There's no – why would he be yearning to be unconscious? Um, so passages like that make me think there's got to be, at least for a believer, that's a – you know. It doesn't seem to indicate an in-between. You're saying that that seems to indicate – we're either here or we're right. with that's, the Lord. That's how I tend to understand mm-hmm. that. Obviously, that's not how somebody in your church would, would tend to understand this. So how would that passage be understood in your context? Well, somebody in an, un- in an unconscious state has no concept of time. I mean, when you put somebody under in surgery, they're not sitting there staring at the clock. I mean, they go under and they come back and they have no idea how long they've been under. Sure. So that's a good explanation, but it doesn't answer the question yeah. directly. So Paul, it, it's just saying that, that this passage doesn't necessarily say one way or the other. But, but I agree, but your question is, is or your, uh, your point is that there doesn't seem to be a, a time, a, a, any kind of a, a period of time from the minute that he dies to the minute he goes to God. Like, you believe that when someone dies, you go right to heaven, and you're saying that this passage kind of leads people to believe that, yeah, when Paul dies, he's gonna go, he, he thinks, hey, I'm going to die, I'm going to go right to heaven, right? Which would beg the question, what's the point of a resurrection? Well, why have a resurrection if I go to heaven when uh, I die? But, but I believe in a bodily resurrection. But what's the point of a bodily resurrection if I'm in heaven? And, that, and that's ultimately, there, so there is a conscious state apart from the body, but yet at creation, it wasn't until body and breath came together that someone gained consciousness. In the Old Testament, spirit and breath are synonymous, not spirit and soul. Soul is a totally different Hebrew word. The, the word for spirit is breath. That's the, syn- the, syn- the synonym there. The, s- the word for soul is an entirely different word that so, uh, only comes into being when these two are combined. Sure. So, Body and so, that's, so it was your emphasis on that that made me start asking the question, yeah. then how can you be spiritually dead but still physically alive, you know, and like these other distinctions? Because so much you're saying of what you believe rests on this idea that, that the, the dust in God's breath is what 
makes life, which Gives of course would drive you yeah. to the Ecclesiastes passage. Sorry for going back there, which would drive to the Ecclesiastes passage because the Ecclesiastes passage is basically saying, look, there's no difference between animals and humans in that sense because they both have breath and they're both dust, mm-hmm. right? And so if, if that's true for both of them, then you know there's no distinction, and uh, and so I can see why why there's a natural bouncing off that sure, passage, sure. you know, in your argument process. Um, but I'm but again if dust and breath god's breath means life then it still doesn't it, it there's there's these key questions about then what is what is spiritual death you know where we're separated from god where we still have the breath of god and life in the soul you know not to mention then we're, you're you're grappling with an actual soul death mm-hmm. that comes after a soul sleep and and again you're rooting it in that first passage but i feel like I feel like that's a weakness hmm. in your argument because because there's other deaths that happen where there's still a soul and yet there's there's spiritual death and if there's a soul and there's spiritual death then it's possible that that passage in Genesis isn't meaning as much as you're you're wanting it to mean. So then was the devil telling the truth when he told Eve she wouldn't die? Did he lie? So this is where I go to First uh, uh, Peter and uh, it's so important, such an important passage. Um, where he says, um, talking about the judgment of the Lord, he's talking about what happened with Noah. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, he's talking about the last days. And he says, do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, Mm -hmm. a day is like a thousand years and Mm -hmm. a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Mm -hmm. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And he just, you know, spoken about mm-hmm. the flood. Mm-hmm. He's clearly referring to the fact that men, after they ate of the tree, lived for a thousand years, mm-hmm. meaning they still died. Mm-hmm. Meaning that that in the day that they ate of the fruit, they died. Like that's clearly to me the implication that Peter is making, meaning that that the death happened, just like. God yep. said that it was going to happen and that Peter had, had come to appreciate that why did he withhold? Why did it not happen in a 24-hour day but in an age, a thousand years? Because God is patient and he didn't want anybody to perish. He, he wants to give people as much of an opportunity as he can mm-hmm. to come to salvation. And so my point is just that, again, when we're dealing with death, mm-hmm. the death Paul is saying the death happened here. Paul, uh, Peter and Paul, I mean, Peter rather here is saying that the death happened after a thousand years. Paul is clearly, uh, you know, identified that there's a spiritual death and now we've been resurrected to. So all I'm saying is that, is that the tie that you're making between dust and breath as being a soul, that there's so many other dynamics that are happening that, that, that it doesn't do it for me. Like it seems to do it for you. And I'm wondering if I'm missing something in your argument that maybe I'm just overlooking. Well, Sorry that I'm still here. I'm think, I, I think you wanted to go other places. <laughs> okay. uh, oh, I don't know what you meant by that. Sorry, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I, where's the bouncer? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. Listen, John, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> well, my wife is waiting I'll be for me. On, I'll be honest. I really appreciate this conversation because I feel like we, we are coming at it from different angles, completely different angles. Yeah, yeah. But yet 
it is a conversation. I want to understand. Well, and uh, and I appreciate that. Sure. And I, I want to make sure that whatever we say here, it's 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 edifying. I mean, ultimately, yeah. we're here to glorify That's Jesus right. Christ. And um, uh, and so, I, I if if I'm failing, I apologize. But here's the thing: I don't expect you to all of a sudden get everything I'm. You know what I mean? Like sure. I don't don't. So don't feel like you have to get this in this one segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I for for Seventh Day Adventists, we believe that God has made it so simple. We believe that life, the, I agree that there's two deaths yeah. in that. Well, I w- and I don't want to complicate this Even for the listeners. Deaths. I this really is the problem. Don't, is that yeah, I don't want to complicate deaths. this right. because you're, you're right. Paul is very clear. Yeah. There is a spiritual death. Yeah. And we pass from death to life right. when we accept Jesus Hallelujah. Christ. Yeah. But when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, when God created Adam and Eve, they were not on a path to the grave. They, Adam and Eve, if they didn't eat if Certainly, they did not God disobey, did not create them on a path that I would agree with that. The angels, they even were created, though God knew that they would, He didn't put them on they, a path to that. They, He created them just like He created His entire universe. Yeah. Gabriel has been living. I don't know how long he's been in existence, sure. yeah. but it, but his life is wrapped up in Christ. His eternal life is wrapped up in Christ. Now, once. Did and you say Gabriel's eternal life is wrapped up in Christ? I think just like Lucifer, yeah. Lucifer separated himself. He was a covering cherub. He he sought the throne, yeah. and he, which was not allowed to be his, and therefore he, sin was found in him, mm-hmm. and he was separated. So I believe Lucifer's going to die. I believe he will see. There's going to come a point where he will cease to exist. Well, when he's thrown in the lake of fire. And the Bible says that death will also be thrown into the lake of fire. Sure. And so then for, for me, when, I, when we talk about death, I believe in a spiritual death and that we can pass from death to life. But I also believe that one day there's going to be an undoing, just like the flood was an undoing of creation. It systematically returned things to the way things were before, before God created, that when the breath leaves, there is not a consciousness that continues to exist beyond the grave. So therefore, what I'm saying is that the, the, the first death is a symbol, is a, um, is a predecessor to the second death in that the first one, Jesus Christ will resurrect you. In, in Revelation 20, the Bible says that I am going to resurrect. Blessed are those who are part of the first resurrection over them. The second death has no power. Now, I said this to you off air, and so I want to make sure I'm fair to our audience that yeah. we're not having these private conversations off air, is that when, when Jesus Christ goes to Lazarus, yeah. uh, and you bring this is a different Lazarus as we've talked about, right. that he waited to the fourth day, and he just and he said, "I'm waiting because at the time people believe that the spirit hangs around for three days and then takes off." And so he says, "And so he waits the fourth day. He goes the fourth day, and they say, "Listen." He goes, "Roll the stone away," and they say, "Don't do it. It stinks." He says, "Roll it away." We're about to go to one of those private off-air conversations here. We're out of time. Thanks so much, Morgan and John. This is the Faith of <laughs> Made on 930 WFMD. We're online at WFMD.com. You still have time. Go online to, um, oh, what is the uh, website again? Darn it. Ariseforgod.org. 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 And you can get your tickets for this coming weekend's uh, glorious unfolding that's going to be at the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist uh, Church on Friday night and Saturday night. It's free, but you got to get a ticket. So go to their website and get a ticket, 7 o'clock this Friday and Saturday. Till next week, God bless.